0: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your
2: all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Wind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and we kick off the tailgate this weekend with the one, the only, Toby Rowland. Good to have you back, T. Now, we've had our crossover from our radio show on the podcast every now and then when we answer a few questions, but, man, take us through a crazy last couple of weeks for you from uh, traveling up to Pittsburgh with basketball, even up to Kansas City for the Big 12, uh, splicing in some baseball games when you can get in. It's been a pretty wild trip the last few weeks, hasn't it?
1: I've missed you, Plank. I've missed you. Uh, yeah, it's been one of those... Uh, uh, Fans that we have that are uh, super fun, and yet at the same time, the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is uh, kind of remind yourself what city you're in. <laughs> so that's been happening. That's <laughs> been happening a little bit lately, but I think we're settled in here now, and uh, and we're going to be in Norman for a while, so this is a good thing. But um, that was uh, exciting to see Oklahoma's name on that bracket for the NCAA tournament unveil. The trip to Pittsburgh was uh, shorter than we were hoping, although it gave us a fabulous basketball game. Uh, What a thriller, uh, overtime thriller there. Um, Golly, it's so hard to remember. We went up to uh, uh, Wichita Wichita for a baseball game. We had the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. So It's been a crazy couple of weeks, but uh, sad to see the basketball season come to an end sooner than we had hoped, sooner than at one point this season it looked like it might But very excited about, um, you know, hopefully what the baseball and for you, the softball seasons have in front of us here.
2: Oh, absolutely. Well, before we get into Trey's decision, the future of hoops and the current state of baseball, uh, our buddy Perry Spencer pointed out that he had a Facebook memory pop up this morning that this is around the time seven years ago when Toby Rowland was hired as the voice Mm. of the Oklahoma Sooners. Does that timeline seem, seem about right to you?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, I hadn't thought about it. It was. Uh, it was March of 2011. So yeah, it would have been seven years ago. He's exactly right, man. That, I, I I don't. You know, it seems like it's been that's gone fast. But at times, it's hard for me to remember life before the strange. <laughs> <job>. So. <laughs> I do remember that day, though. I do remember that day. Um, I got a phone call that made me uh, uh, cry like a baby. Uh, and I remember that we were supposed to try to keep it secret for a few days, but somehow it leaked. And uh, and it got out there. And uh, um, the rest is history, good or bad, however it's gone. The rest is history. But, yeah, wow, that's that's uh, crazy
2: seven years ago it, it's funny that you say that and and you know what I think this is probably
1: about seven it's about six years and 11 10 11 months since you came on board that's right
2: <laughs> I was I was pretty quick there after you my first my first event I did was the spring game I came down and my first ever interview was uh the wrestling coach at the time mark Cootie I, I remember it like it was yesterday there's a summer podcast for an hour we can sit and talk okay. about this but but i but okay. I, I bring it up for a reason and you said something it's hard to remember life before this and i think that's a good thing i think that shows you toby how much fun we've had doing this how you know it it it, it is just it's so rewarding and it's also it's fun man it's fun to work around the crew that we get to work around
1: yeah it's I know everybody hears that all the time and probably gets tired of uh, of <laughs> me saying it. I don't know, but if you really love your job, like we love our job, then it doesn't feel like a job. And I was thinking about that on Tuesday. We had a baseball game at Wichita. And the preparation that goes into a baseball game is not as lengthy as a football game. But for game one of a series, I'm assuming you're the same way, Chris. Um, I'll spend several hours getting ready, not just kind of getting your scorebook ready and, and all the nuts and bolts and essentials, but just to find as much information as you can about the opponent you're going to play beyond the batting average and stuff. Hopefully yeah. some biographical information, some historical information, something that will be interesting to the listeners and to myself about this game and the series that's coming up. And the alarm goes off Tuesday morning and it's early and then it dawns on me, Oh, it's a game day, we play Wichita State tonight, and I get excited. And uh, you would think seven years into the job for a Tuesday night baseball game against Wichita State, <laughs> that maybe it wouldn't still be as exciting as it is, but it is. I, I look I look forward to the research, I look forward to putting a broadcast together. I get nervous about getting everything plugged in properly. You know that. <laughs> I'm bothering you in the middle of the afternoon. It's oh, great yeah no it's uh it's a lot of fun and and hopefully that comes through on our broadcast that we really enjoy what we do
2: absolute blast man okay well we had fun following trey this year Uh, it was an unbelievable season a history making season uh i'm i'm not i don't think anyone surprised that he decided to turn pro uh but i thought it was just from an from the numbers he put up, Toby, I know that there's some people that get mad whenever a guy leaves early and maybe before they feel like he's ready, but man, I, I hope time will allow us to truly appreciate this incredible season that he had. I mean, it was record setting.
1: Yeah. And I think it will. I think it will. I, I, uh, it'll be interesting to see, um, historically speaking how this season is remembered. Great point. I, I think that will be fascinating. That's, time app that you were talking about with Barry Spencer, when uh, when we get 15 years from now, 2033, uh, what do we remember of the one year with Trey Young at Oklahoma? Um, I think a lot of that depends on his success at the next level. If I agree. If he goes on to be a uh, perennial all-star and a superstar in the NBA, then you know, maybe we remember the one year... Um, a little, you know, more glowingly than if the opposite happens. So uh, it'll be fascinating because the success of the team itself obviously was a roller coaster. Uh, the success of Trey himself had its high points and and his low points this year. And in the end, they probably um, accomplished right about what most of the pundits in the preseason thought they would accomplish, which was middle of the pack finish in the Big 12 in a first-round NCAA tournament. But because of the circuitous route to get there, it felt disappointing in the end. And I, and I agree, it, it did feel disappointing in the end. But just as far as Trey goes, I mean, you, you know, I've never seen anyone in person do the kind of things that he did on the basketball court. I don't think anyone has. On a, on a college basketball court, we haven't seen anyone play the game like Trey Young played it this year. And... Um, Uh, I'm grateful to have gotten to, in a small part, uh, take the ride and try try to describe it. It was gloriously fun, and I wish him nothing but the best. Um, I'm not here to give an opinion on whether he made the right choice or wrong choice. I don't know what I would have done. We've talked about that on the radio a few times. I don't know whether he should have gone or shouldn't have gone, but I certainly am happy for him because I know that – this has always been his dream uh, since he was a little kid to play in the NBA, and he's certainly going to get a chance. And I think he's going to be very successful. I really do. I think when he has the ability to be uh, surrounded by other NBA stars with an open floor and not seeing double and triple teams all the time, that his game is just going to flourish. And so I'm, I'm just excited to go root for him at the next level. I hope he uh, ends up at a – I'm going to cheer for him wherever he goes but I hope he ends up with a team that makes it easier for me to cheer for him.
2: (laughs) I like it. So with that said, in, in putting a wrap on the hoops season, I think the future is very interesting because you have what I still feel like is a strong core with names like christian james and jamani mcneese and a cam augusti and again with with college basketball rules the way they are you don't want to just go ahead and slam dunk and write everything out in sharp because you never know if, if a guy might leave and pursue other options other places but i think this is going to be a real interesting offseason toby leading into a a very intriguing 18-19 season for lon krueger and crew totally
1: agree excuse the call i um <laughs> I think people are sleeping on them a little bit for next year because, um, you know, the, nu- the the numbers for the supporting cast uh, were not overly impressive this right. year. And the reason, you know, there's a reason for that. There's a, if, if one guy is going to score 30 points and have 10 assists, naturally the, those points are going to come from somewhere else. So, um, and I think some guys had disappointing years. I think they would even tell you that, uh, especially the second half of the season, uh, they didn't play as as well as they thought they could have. But when you look at the guys coming back, uh, I think Oklahoma's got a chance to be an under-the-radar team next year. And and we don't know uh, the guys that are going to be added, uh, how good they are. So if you just cast that aside, we don't really know that for anybody. But you are going to have a very veteran team next year uh you look at you know what texas tech has done this season um and the jump that they made is in large part because they are just senior laden across the board and they've seen a ton of basketball and i'm not saying oklahoma is going to make that much of a jump next year but i'm not saying they're not either i mean they're going to have uh seniors and christian james and Richard odoms and your Money McNeese, who I think has a chance to be an all-conference type guy for the next year. And Cam Mcgusty and Christian Doolittle are going to be juniors and we finally kind of were reminded of how good Christian Doolittle was and is in the way he played in that NCAA tournament game. Um, and you're going to have a whole bunch of pieces. Brady Manick is going to be a year older and stronger and better that I think are, are good and just because Trey's not going to be, be there, people are saying well, you can ride off Oklahoma next year. They're not going to be a factor. Um, I kind of like the fact that probably going into the season with a veteran team, they're going to be overlooked. They're going to be probably, you know, down in the big 12 polls and all that kind of stuff and uh, come from off the radar because that seems to be when Lon Kruger has done his best work through the years. Um, there's a staff that they often throw out about how, he has exceeded where his teams have exceeded where they've been predicted in the preseason poll. I don't know what it is now, but like nine out of ten years or something like that. So I, you know, I'm guessing Oklahoma is going to be predicted um, in the bottom half of the conference going into next year. since Trey's gone. And you know, I'm not sure that there are on a bunch of guys who have played a bunch of basketball, are veterans, and who are going to listen for months to people tell them they're not any good and without Trey Young they can't succeed. And, by the way, are disappointed with how this season ended. And, um, you know, I think they got a chance to maybe accomplish and be better than, than people realize that they can be next year.
2: I agree. All right, hey, t- two more quick ones, and I'll let you get after it, and then Melissa Lombardi is going to join us on the podcast, and we'll talk softball. Uh, Skip Johnson, man, what a what a stud this guy is. I don't know if there's anything in life this man hasn't done. He is, he is a jack of all trades. And I like where he has this baseball team. I know that they're still kind of – Working through some things with their Sunday starter, and it's going to be Nathan Wiles this weekend. But as far as a one two punch goes, Toby, if they can figure out anything on Sunday, look out as we get into Big 12 play this weekend. And there's been a little bit of, uh, comp, well, I don't know if the term is competition. There's been a little bit of bad blood between OU and West Virginia in the past. So that kind of adds to things this weekend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a fun weekend. Uh, Big 12 play is always, um, Uh, It always amps up the intensity. Uh, OU and West Virginia have played spicy series. I like that word. (laughs) Through the years. It's been certainly last year's got a little sideways on them at times. Uh, I hope we don't have any incidents this weekend, but uh, certainly that has been the case, that there is a history there that gets brought into this series a little bit. We're 22 games into a 56-game season, so... Maybe right around a third of the way through. A little over a third of the way through. And I think uh, what we know at this point is Oklahoma can pitch. This is a really good pitching team. Um, you've got aces, two of them, in Irvin and Perez. I think Wiles is going to move to Sunday this week, and I think he's probably going to win that job. But we'll see. He's been really good for them. then you've got a bullpen that there's really four guys that have been just nails for them out of the pen. One of them the a true freshman, Levi Prader, who leads the Big 12 in appearances. And and can't not throw him. Every game he's out there, uh, for a batter or two or a whole inning or two, uh, Austin Hanson has seen his fastball get into the mid-90s this uh, this year. Braden Fink uh, has been great. And then you got Connor Barry on the back end, uh, the closer, who uh, has been liked out as well. So they've got quality starters uh, who are big league prospects, by the way, and a back end of the bullpen that is fantastic. So I think that's established. I'm convinced Oklahoma can pitch. The question is, the two questions are, um, how good of a hitting team are they? Because they've been really streaky. They They started the season super slow. Then they got really hot and now the last two or three games they've, they've had a hard time scoring runs again. So they've gone up and down in that regard. I'm not exactly sure yet how good of a hitting team this is. Uh, I'm not saying they're bad, I just haven't figured it out because they've been so inconsistent. And then they've been really surprisingly not good defensively. Uh, they started the season committing a whole bunch of errors. they steadied that for a while and now they've started to uh, commit some errors again. In fact, it costed a game Tuesday night in Wichita. So, and that's surprising when you look at the guys in the field, like Brandon Zaragoza, I think, maybe the best defensive shortstop that I've ever seen in college baseball. He's got six errors early the year, which just doesn't make a lot of sense at all. He'll, he'll make the spectacular play, and then the throw might be offline. So um, the offense and the, and the scoring runs and defensively, not bleeding a run or two a game because of sloppy play is where they've got to shore things up. But that being said, I I think they go into Big 12 play probably, you know, looking like uh, the third or fourth best team in this conference. If they can play up to that, they can be top half of this conference, you know, fourth or better Then I think they're a certain NCAA tournament team. And if they can, have a really good conference season, and maybe they're a team that looks at potentially being a regional host. But all that starts to be decided this weekend because you've got to take care of business at home and conference play. And the schedule kind of breaks OU's direction this year. Uh, there's eight conference series, and because Bedlam is a neutral site, every year you play, in actuality, four at home and three on the road or three at home and four on the road, with that one neutral site being the eighth series. Well, this is the year OU gets four home series, only three road series, and then OSU uh, neutral side. So they've, they've got a favorable schedule. You've got to win at least two or three on your home series and conference play to be able to do things like finish in the top half. So pressure's on them a little bit this weekend. West Virginia's a good team, probably in the same area as Oklahoma, but you've got them on your home field and they need to win this series.
2: And then in closing, before I let you run, uh, I had a chance to sit down and we did a podcast two, three weeks ago. You guys can find it in the archives, TV slash podcast or however you consume this podcast. I sat down with Jake Irvin, and I don't know how much you've been able to talk to Jake. I think he was on the pregame show with you a couple weeks ago. But, man, what a stud. What a guy that you can rally around. And, Toby, I don't know what the baseball mock drafts are saying, but – I'm excited for this kid's future at the next level and what he can do the rest of this year.
1: Yeah, I listened to that interview you did in, in its entirety, and I, I listed part of it for our pregame show. I thought it was so good. Jake is uh, one of many examples on this campus of exemplary young men and women Amen. who played for the University of Oklahoma. He is a stud athlete. He is a... Big-time pitcher. I mean, we're talking 6'4", 6'5", with a fastball in the low to mid-90s and a killer slider and the ability to think the game of maturity beyond his years, a true leader on this team. And he's going to be, after this year, drafted uh, high in the amateur baseball draft, and I have no doubt going to succeed. Um, You know, there are... Uh, talented young men and women and, and every once in a while there is one that comes along that just kind of jumps out at you. Whoa, that kid's impressive. <laughs> you know? uh, Jay Kervin is one of those young men who just jump out at you and always yes sir, no sir, you know, all that kind of stuff. Obviously um, David, his father who drives down from Minnesota to watch him pitch almost every game, um, maybe every game that he pitches uh, has has done a great job uh, raising that young man, because I can't speak more highly of Jake Irv. And, and he's the guy, you know, he's the Friday night ace, and that carries with it a lot of pressure in college baseball. When you're the guy that's getting the ball against the guy for the other team every Friday night, guess what? The other team's got a pretty good guy, too. Then uh, you, it's tough. It's tough because there's a lot of 2-1 and Three two baseball games, and if you give up one run that could do it for tonight. And he is hes the guy they've been trusted for the last two years now to be that guy. And boy, has he lived good. He's been fantastic. All
2: right. Well, it was good to finally talk to you one on one more in, in length at in depth here, Toby. Have a great call this weekend against West Virginia, and uh, we'll have to do this more often. A travel schedule calms down a little bit for you here, right? Just a yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, we're home. For, we're home for the next two weeks. I think our uh, next uh, road trip, I believe, is uh, down to Waco. To, to, to no, that's not even right. We got Baylor coming here. Chris, I don't even know. Nah, you're okay, home. Maybe uh, maybe TCU in a couple of weeks. <laughs> you're home know.
2: for two weeks. That's all that matters. Thanks, Toby. Okay.
1: All right, see, you, Chris.
2: All right, so there he is, the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It had been a while. Now he, he's been on the podcast. Maybe you know, I like to pull the curtains back here. Toby and I both do radio shows on the same radio station, and our last segment we, we do together. So sometimes, if it's just maybe a point or two, I'll take that and use it on the podcast. But uh, good to go in-depth on seven years. Wow. Seven years as the voice of the Sooners. Well, I can't lie. I'm proud to be the voice of Oklahoma Sooners softball, and I had a chance to catch up with associate head coach, pitching coach Melissa Lombardi Uh, earlier and started by simply asking how impressed she was with the gutty performance of one Paige Parker on Monday a day when coach Gasso told us in the pregame show she was hoping to give Paige a day off all Paige did was go out throw seven innings of no hit relief as the Sooners beat CSUN 1-0
3: I I was pretty impressed with her I thought Paige Lowry did a great job uh, with the start and then when Paige Parker came in, I, I mean, one thing I say to both of them is that really the only thing that they have in common is that they're both left-handed. I think they both give two completely different looks. So for them trying to be on time to Paige Lowry throughout the beginning of the game, and then for Paige Parker to come in and and to mix um, her moving pitches and to change speeds on them, I thought it was a great, I thought she it a great job.
2: How, uh, how has things changed for you? We're on, I Guess you. Well, we've always had staffs, but to where you know it's not as if you're expecting Paige Parker to go out and give you seven innings. To where you have that staff, coach. How has that changed the way that you approach your use of your pitchers, having the staff and the depth that you do right now?
3: It's been great. I mean, this these past couple of years, it's definitely been different for us because we this, these past two years are the biggest staffs that we've ever had. But what I like about it is that it forces the opponent to prepare. All six of them. They can't, you know. In the past, they could come in and prepare for one for sure, maybe two, and uh, possibly three. But now it forces them to prepare for everybody. And with that, um, with each pitcher coming in, they 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 all are fresh. They're not, you know. I think of in 2016, Paige Parker. That year, she she threw a ton of innings. Yeah. And anytime we were going to play somebody, that's who they expected to see. Where now they expect to see her, but then they also have to prepare for the others. And on top of that, they get to face a fresh Paige Parker.
2: You've you've dealt with this your entire career from the Kalani Rickett to the world and, and the Dylan Mathesis, players who have pitched quite consistently in Big Twelve play. So teams get to see her two, three, four times. Then, of course, more than two or three years. How much of a challenge is that to keep things? I guess diverse, to consistently mix things up because obviously you get a read and your scout on the hitters, but they also get a read on your pitchers. So how much does that challenge you, Coach, to consistently mix things up?
3: It it is a challenge, and we were actually – our staff, we were just talking about that um, yesterday. Uh, You know, the hitters that we're facing, they're they're very, very good hitters. So to have a game plan for them and their first – for a hitter, say, in her first at-bat and to have success – for us to think that we're going to have the exact same game plan for her in her second at bat, she's usually going to probably come up to the plate hunting for the pitch that we got her out. So I think it's very important that we continue to change our looks and not try to go after these big hitters the same way.
2: You know, it's, always, uh, it's, it's amazing to look at your history and the success that you've had with left-handed pitchers and developing them and, and obviously finding another level. Have you been able to pinpoint why? Is there a reason why Coach Lombardi has had so much success with the lefties?
3: You know, I I don't know honestly. <laughs> I, I don't really know the answer. I um, we, we've had some great pitchers that have, that have come into this program, and um, they I, one thing that I think has been pretty neat uh, watching these different athletes. You watch Kalani Ricketts as a freshman. And then just each year she was able to elevate her game uh, and look completely different um, as a senior compared to when she was a freshman. But, you know, one thing I think all of them, whether they're right-handed or left-handed, is their ability to compete. that That's what we talk about a lot is that they give full effort and that they know how to compete on the mound and they're not afraid to compete on the mound. And I, I think that's where we've been successful is that they're not afraid to compete.
2: And they don't, and this is from afar, so you might have a much different perspective on this than I do. But it doesn't seem as if they allow the adversity to get them down too much, and they don't celebrate the success too much. In other, I I was eating with Paige in in the airport in Vegas, and you know if I would have thrown a no no for seven innings, I would have been letting everyone that walked through the airport know about it. Like hey they no hitter today. Yeah. Paige is just – she's ready to go after the next opponent whenever things don't go well. They just work right past it, Coach. That's a that's a pretty amazing personality and, and character characteristic to be able to not get too high or not to hit too, too low.
3: Yeah, and I, I like that they do that because it's – you know, the most important game is the game that's right in front of you, and once we're done with it, the most important game is the, the next game that's coming. And I think they do a good job of – you know, after the games. Page and the entire team, they were pumped. They had a little bit of a celebration, but then it was done, and it's, it's ready to move on to the next. So I think they do a good job of understanding what's in front of them, but also seeing the big picture as well.
2: We're hanging out with Melissa Lombardi, associate head coach, pitching coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. I know there's some excitement, obviously, whenever we start Big 12 play, but there's also excitement for me when I see the development of those younger pitchers. And uh, obviously one of those is Parker Conrad, maybe one of the best personalities uh, in her own mind, I think, in some ways, but maybe one of the best personalities that we've had in a long time, Coach. Where have you seen the biggest growth in Parker from the moment she stepped on campus?
3: With Parker, her, she's got a great ability. Um, I know you've seen that off-speed curveball that she throws, oh. and it's just its devastating. Um, I think Parker just coming in, she had the tools. I think it was just her having the belief in herself and that she was good enough to stand on the mound and to compete. And um, every time she gets on the mound, you can see that she, her confidence is there and she's trusting her stuff. And not only trusting her stuff, I think one thing that's important with all of our pitches to understand is we, we don't need to ride on their backs each game. We need them to contribute their part And then trust and know that our defense has got their backs and that our hitters, they're going to score a ton of runs for them. And so I think when they see the type of defense that's behind them and then also the type of hitters that we have, I think that really allows them to relax and just go for it on the mound. And I think every outing with uh, Parker, you can see her uh, just going for it more and more.
2: And then, of course, Mariah Lopez, who has been through a lot, but again, another great personality that you have, Coach. Uh, same question as I asked with Parker, where have you seen Mariah Lopez's biggest growth over the last off-season off with Team USA? This season has had a nice start. Hadn't walked anyone up until this week, and kind of struggled with control this weekend.
3: Yeah, she struggled a little bit with control this weekend, and we actually watched some film, and I think we got that figured out. I mean, one thing I really like about Mariah is that she really attacks the hitters. She, she does not walk hitters. So that was a little unlike her this past weekend, mm-hmm. but I think she got that figured out. I think with Mariah, the biggest thing is just all the experience that she's received. You know, last year as a freshman, um, she, she was a starter for us and, and got a lot of wins. Um, she pitched at the college world series, which to me, I think that is humongous. I think anytime a pitcher, a young pitcher can stand at the, on the mound on the College World Series and have success, it's exciting to see what that next year is going to bring for them because it adds so much to them. And then this past summer, going and traveling with USA Softball and uh, wearing USA on her chest, that, that is, uh, you know, every young softball athlete dreams of one day being able to do that. So She's had some really great experiences as a young pitcher, and I think that has gone a long way for her.
2: You know, I pigeonholed this a lot just talking about pitching, Coach, but this program has always had expectations. And preseason number one last year, preseason number one this year. I mean, we can go back to 14, all the hype around that team. How do you feel like this version, this 2018 version as a whole, has handled the hype heading into this season?
3: I think they've handled it really well. Uh, one, one thing, this team, they really enjoy each other's company. They enjoy competing with each other. They so I think that is a huge bonus. Um, the second thing is that they've they're they're young, but they're very experienced with all of the hype and the preseason rankings and this and that and all these different things. And they look at it and they're like, great, but they understand that being preseason number one really doesn't matter. It's it's are we going to be number one at the end of the year? So I think they do a good job of taking that all in stride, and, not, and I think them as a group, they do a good job of not getting too high, too low, but understanding what's in front of them, and that's the most important thing, you know, is what is currently in front of them. So for us, this Texas uh, Tech Series, you know, that's the most important thing right now, and so what are we going to do to, you know, get that done?
2: Has, has it been unique being at home for spring break? I am I know we were out in L.A. for most of spring break last year, but is this kind of unique to be home during the week of spring break, Coach, or is this fairly common?
3: You know, we've had this once or twice before. Uh, lots of times in the past we're usually out in California during spring break. I think it's been nice for us as coaches and athletes to be able to be home during spring break to just recover, to be in our own beds, you know, to practice on our own field. There's a lot to say when you you get to be at home. So I think this has allowed us to really prepare for for this weekend, just being at home.
2: Crowds have been phenomenal. I mean, I I don't know how you feel about it, and I I don't know how much of it because you're so dialed in that you can truly uh, get into, Coach, but it's been an amazing season in the stands so far, and we're just getting started, hasn't it?
3: The fans have been awesome. It, the the crowds that we've had I mean the we, the crowds that we had this fall um during our fall schedule was pretty crazy, and then every home game that we've had see the all the young girls and um fans coming in and just really into our games and you know that's one thing that we talk about is especially for a regional or super regional we we always want to get our fans you know to pack we want to pack the house because they contribute to that home field advantage and, and give us an advantage. And um, not only are they doing that in the postseason, but to have that type of advantage um, for all of our home games is huge for us. We we appreciate what our fans have been doing and the support that they've been giving us. I know our athletes love it and they've just embraced them.
2: From a, da- I'll let you go. On I got two more quick ones, Coach, and I know you got to get. Uh... Parker, Paige, Parker, Paige, Lowry, Parker, Conrad, Mariah Lopez. I know we haven't seen Nicole Mendez in a little bit, but I mean, are we are we talking five deep right now? Maybe even six with this staff.
3: I think this. I think this staff is it Definitely, it's definitely our deepest deepest staff that we've ever had. And the one thing I just love about every one of them, all six of them, have a different look. So you, as an opponent, you can't say, well. I'm going to prepare for Mariah and, and uh, Parker Conrad the same way, or even, you know, our lefties, I'm going to prepare for them the same way because they're all so different and they bring such a different look. So it's been, it's been awesome to have a starter, to have a middle of relief and then somebody close each game. It's, it's been great.
2: And has Gianni come down from his WWE high from Sunday night yet?
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, well, you know what? When I got home, he showed me um, he had videos on his phone. (laughs) So he had the entrances, John Cena's entrance, and um, A.J. Styles, And I don't know if A.J. Styles was there. Who else was there? Oh, Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. So he's been showing me all the video and all that good stuff. So he was pretty pumped.
2: That's awesome. Well, it's good to be home, (laughs) Coach. uh, We'll see you out there on Friday night. I appreciate all your time. And good luck this week. It should be a good one.
3: All right. Thank you, Chris.
2: Well, there you have it, another episode of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Our Friday edition is the tailgate. Softball all weekend at home against Tech. Baseball all weekend at home against West Virginia. Then spring football kicks back off next Monday. Until then, have a great weekend and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner
1: Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber.